Welcome to Lush Love, the podcast, and part three of this three-part series on surviving intimacy, how to find, keep, and thrive in love that lasts. I'm your host, Andrea Balboni, a sex, love, and relationships coach and founder of Lush Coaching. I help smart, soulful, heart-centered humans experience pleasure and fulfillment in relationships and intimacy. From finding real love naturally and easily, to deepening into a healthy relationship, to thriving in passion and pleasure over the long term. In part one, finding love, I shared a story about how shame, guilt, and fear around my sexuality, the erotic and intimate partnership kept me from finding love. In part two, on keeping love, we saw how learning to dance between autonomy and togetherness in relationships shifted one woman's experience of dating from dread and uncertainty to joy and freedom. In part two, on keeping love, we saw how learning to dance between autonomy and togetherness shifted one woman's experience of dating an early stage relationship from dread and uncertainty to joy and freedom. Now, in part three, you'll discover what it truly takes to thrive in intimate relationships over time, because what we want today from love has never been experienced before. We want a depth of connection and closeness and a quality of desire and passion like we've never had it. And we want it to last. Over the years, I have studied with some of the world's leading relationship therapists, trauma specialists and neuroscientists, somatic and embodiment coaches, and yes, yogis, tantrikas, Reiki masters, and shaman, leaders and guides of all kinds. And the one thing that I've learned is this, that in order to experience the kind of intimacy that we now desire and have it endure, we need new skills, new tools, and new ways of knowing ourselves and one another. Think about it for a moment. That's quite a bit of up-leveling that wants to happen. We need to learn new skills for communicating, new tools for connection, and new ways of knowing ourselves and another more deeply and fully over time. The truth is new skills, tools, and understanding take time to learn, and then dedication and commitment to practice consistently, especially when, as with all things new, It feels unfamiliar, sloppy, uncomfortable, unsettling, and inconvenient. In the beginning, we inevitably mess up, fall down, over-try, and under-deliver, and then avoid practice. If we stick with it, though, over time, it does get easier. Love gets stronger, and passion, even in its natural ebbs and flows, endures. And if it all doesn't, at least we know with certainty that we've done everything that we can to give it our best shot. And so if you're willing to show up for the game, to get in there and be with the intensity of it, and take good long water breaks when you need, then you set yourself up to receive all of the benefits of a nourishing, healthy way of loving and making love. So what exactly are the skills and tools that you'll need to learn? 
And where do we begin when it comes to self-awareness? Let me tell you a story. Her Instagram slid by under my swipes. If images could tell a story, then the wild untouchable in her is alive still. A friend told me to contact you, she texted me. He said you might be able to help me. Sleek, straight hair framed her pretty face in a perfect V. And I wondered if, when she let people close, it might not sting. Aaron is my best friend. I love him more than anyone. It's just that sex has always been, well, awkward with him. Our conversation had moved to a call, and I sensed nervousness, agitation, and doubt in her voice. There are things that I want to do and try, but instead it's like I freeze. Aaron's not the most confident in bed either, which makes two of us. I don't want to make it worse. She continued to tell me that it had been this way for a long time, and that despite everything else being so good, she wasn't sure that they should stay together. And then I speak with Aaron. Aaron, too, is magazine cover striking. Tall, with an easy gait, he runs his own company, a successful consultancy in the heart of the city. And yet when I first speak to him via Zoom, he looks small behind his desk and guarded. It takes him a while to open up. When he finally does, he shares with me his love for jazz, the ups and downs of their relationship, and also his past, a family with a legacy of addiction, and his own jealousy and possessiveness with jazz. Aaron assures me that he's done lots of work on himself already. And despite this, and his initial holding back, he assures me that he is up for doing the work. I feel the sincerity and willingness in his voice. And willingness is key, because without it, it's game over before you even begin. With any new client, I always ask how willing they are. Are they willing to give it a try? Are they willing to believe, at least in part, that however improbable it may feel at the time, that a resolution or positive outcome is at least possible? In our first session together, I asked Jazz to share more about the freeze response she experiences in intimacy. I immediately see her body tense and she shifts uncomfortably on the sofa next to Aaron. Her hands fold into her crossed legs, her body physically reflecting the shutting down that happens in bed. Our bodies store everything. The imprints of experiences we've had, especially the negative ones, show up in the present as sensation. Thankfully, the body, like a book, can be read and understood. And when we learn to turn and when we learn to tune in through our physical sensations, the messages we receive from our bodies are clear, though not always verbally communicated. So when we reach into the body, it's like opening a treasure map and brings us reliably and directly to the source of the thing that holds us back from having what we want in love and intimacy. Every single time. So I ask Jazz to remember what it's like when she freezes. It's a tightening in my chest, she says, like I can't breathe. Her eyes fold closed as she drops into the sensation in her body. Almost immediately, emotions surface. The tears come, and the meme, you need to feel it to heal it, passes through my mind. Aaron moves to comfort Jazz, but I ask him to sit back 
there's one thing I've learned. It's that no one can do the work for you. Aaron's presence, his being there fully without taking action, to simply witness what Jazz was moving through, was all that was needed. Jasmine felt the support of Aaron's presence and also the space to be with what was coming up in her, on her own. I turn my focus back to Jasmine. How old does this part of you in your chest feel? I ask her. About seven, she responds in a small trembling voice. Yeah, she's just little, I observe, softening my tone to match. And what does she need right now? I ask. She just wants to be held and to know it's going to be okay. And then Jasmine smiles and laughs. And she tells me she wants to run free in a field of wildflowers. Got it, I said. I guide Jasmine to feel for the part of her that can hold this little girl. Jasmine scans her body and notices her hands warm and tingle. She imagines folding the little girl inside of her in a great big hug. She then releases her into a field of wildflowers, watching her run free. As she does this, I notice Jazz's whole body relax and lighten. Tears dry, and Aaron, teary-eyed himself beside her, also relaxes. I talk with Jasmine about how from now on, when she feels her chest tighten in this way, she'll take care of the little girl inside of her and send her on her way so that the adult part of her, confident, easy in her body, and ready to ask for what she wants in the bedroom, can be there fully. Over the course of the next few weeks, Jasmine shares that things have completely shifted in intimacy with Aaron. They connect and communicate more easily, and sex no longer feels awkward to her. In fact, it's never been better. I notice that Jasmine's face has somehow lost its sharp angles. There's new depth receptivity and gentleness in her. She's softer and warmer, and Aaron agrees. Their relationship takes on whole new dimensions. A rebloom has begun. So what can we learn from this last story? Perhaps consider how often you pay attention to and listen to the sensations in your body. Maybe consider asking your body what messages it might have. When you next venture out on a Saturday night, whether it's on a first date or to meet your long-term partner. Notice what's happening in your body. Listen to her and ask her what she might need you to know for you to find the love you want, to keep it, and to thrive in it. We're coming close to the end of this episode, and before I go, I'd wanted to share with you one last thought. First of all, we've seen how intimacy is intense and challenges us even in strong relationships like the kind Aaron and Jasmine had. We learn how to be more self-aware and to understand ourselves more by reading the treasure map of our bodies, listening to what it tells us, and then giving ourselves what we need in the powerful presence of another for the mutual benefit of both people in the relationship. How would it feel for you to take ownership and responsibility for what comes up within you in your relationship? Secondly, we saw how simple and yet powerful it can be to support each other through presence. How might you be more present in your relationship? And what might change as a result? Thirdly, I'd like to remind you that learning to relate better to ourselves, one another, 
then ultimately the world that we live in is a lifelong process. And so if you're thinking that this sounds hard or tricky or overwhelming, then know this. You don't have to be perfect at it, but you do have to be willing, willing to learn, willing to grow, and willing to change, willing to connect to your body, willing to feel your emotions, and willing to change your mind. In doing so, your experience of love and life itself, day by day, minute by minute, moment by by moment, will change too. So how willing are you? And what is holding you back from having the love and intimacy that you want? Clue, check in and ask your body. And if you'd like some help with this, then send me a message at andrea at lushcoaching.com and I'll share with you how you can work with me directly. And this is the end of part three of this three-part series on finding, keeping, and thriving in love. Remember to listen to parts one and two if you haven't already. And if you liked this and would love to hear more from me and the guests that I have that inspire, remember to subscribe, like, and share this podcast with anyone you think it might help. So much love and pleasure to you. Goodbye.